We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. Wait, he throws back shoulder. Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle. He pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek Ciapala with That's Right. It's Magic Johnny. Johnny Gomez here talking about the Rams 31-9 victory over the Arizona Cardinals. I just realized something during the introduction here, Johnny. The um, mm. Our intro has... You know, JB Long, the announcer for the Rams, and and win the division title. I believe that was. Am I wrong? Was it a year ago? Like today, in terms of Sunday to Sunday. I know the twenty fourth they played the twenty fourth last year, but that was that a year ago. Uh, 
I might believe be. so. Yeah. So a year ago, the Rams um, broke out of the doldrums and won division title over the Sea, uh, not the Seahawks. Why did I say Seahawks? Worth that's the other huge game, the Tennessee Titans, to ensure a division title. And of course, later on, we all went to the next game and saw the uh, those wonderful four Niners beat the ever living crap <laughs> out of our third and fourth teamers. <laughs> So, oh yes, the lovely game. The lo- the lovely game is correct. So, speaking of the lovely game, tell me, good sir, what did you think of today's game? Thirty-one to nine. It was a much better game than uh, the past. Well, three games or so. But to tell you the truth, it you know it started off a little scary, just a little scary, because that first drive, I was just thinking to myself. Man, here we go again, you know, Jared Goff just fumbling the football, not, you know, making good decisions. But that kind of went away after after the game progressed. So I was a little happy with the outcome, obviously. But to say this was a perfect game would be a lie. There's still quite a few to work on. It would be a lie. It would definitely be a lie. But yet it was the start of the way back from that little slump there. And by the way, yes, it was 12-24-17. And it's kind of funny about that game. I it was Christmas Eve, and you guys were all busy doing Christmas Eve things. So I got stuck doing the podcast alone that night. And I had all kinds of technical issues getting it out. And folks, what many of you don't know, because you're listening to this in the morning or on the way to work, or just on the way to go see family for Christmas Eve, um, this is our second try at this tonight. Because we had technical issues, technical issues, issues. I am sober, I promise, folks. Issues again tonight. We actually had a podcast out. Johnny, we was Johnny. I was there, and suddenly Johnny disappeared, and it skipped and kept skipping. I replaced the file with what I had. It still was awkward and just. We want to give you better quality than that. So here we are, take number two, on uh, this wonderful 12-23-2018. Rams for a one nine victory. I do want to say one thing about this game. And now we've had a couple hours to reflect on it. I'm a lot. I'm even happier now about it than we were when we recorded this thing the first time around. I know it wasn't. Um, it wasn't this thing of beauty, but in terms of how the game went, minimal injuries. Uh, you feel a little better about the back running back position right now. I think there's a lot of positive to take from it. Still some negatives and some things to work on. But, Johnny, I'm okay with how this turned out. I really am. Yeah, it's it's easy to uh, reflect on it now, you know, as opposed to being, uh, you know, in the heat of the moment as, you know, seeing this uh, some of these mistakes. But you're absolutely right. There are, there's a lot to take in with this games that are positive. And I think this might be the confidence boost that this team might have needed. Hard to really say that this was a well-earned victory just because of who we played. You know, we still have to remember that this is the Arizona Cardinals. This is by far like one of the worst teams in football. So you you have to figure a team like the Rams should absolutely decimate their opponents if you're playing a team like the Cardinals. Yeah, but, but 
Yeah. But let's flip it around for a second, though, because there were quite a few times when those when it was the the Cardinals who were challenging for a division or more, and the Rams who, well, stunk and gave the Cardinals their fair share of fits, too. And your division rivals, you know each other very well. You're not, you don't suck all the way around. You have parts of your team which, which are good. And that's what we saw at the Cardinals. The Cardinals actually had some solid scheming going on in terms of their pass rush. And we saw that especially in the first half of the game where they were really putting pressure on Jared Goff. The difference being Jared Goff handled it better in the Rams' running game was on point today. But upsets can happen. And we saw early in the year. We've seen several upsets this year. I'm, I can say this is still the NFL. And if it's the NFL, you know, you they say it. It's cliche. It's cliche. Any given Sunday, an upset can happen. I, I just kind of fortunate. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, you know, any given Sunday, as you said, but uh, you know this this isn't this isn't uh, any given Sunday you want to see against your team. This no. is uh, this would be bad against the Rams. It would be, it would be. So, folks, before we move forward, we do want to remind you that we're available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, SoundCloud, Spreaker. Also, don't forget to subscribe and please leave those five star reviews. It's been a while since we've had one. We've been stuck on one fifteen for a while. So, if you could. Uh, if you, have, if you listen to us and you've got the time, we'd appreciate a solid review. It really helps us out. If you subscribe anywhere, uh, it's not just uh, iTunes or SoundCloud, but anywhere these play- you've listed podcasts, please add us to your playlist. We'd really appreciate it. Also, don't forget our other shows on the network, Rampage Radio. Oh, and Bunny Heads with, yeah, you, you hear him here, and Johnny and Steve Ribeiro, who, you know, um, just been texting with him a little tonight. He's a... Uh, He's still alive. He's uh, still kicking off of those last two losses. and So, uh, hey, you guys can hopefully have an entertaining show this week. You guys going to have a show this week? Uh, yeah, we should. Uh, I, I do believe we have to schedule something uh, soon because uh, our, our podcast, you know, when we record, lands right around the same time as both Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, so uh, I'll have to get with Steve and uh, see when we're going to actually do this. Yeah, good luck with that. It's 49ers week, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, hopefully a much better outcome than last year. Well, and you're going to have all these 49ers fans coming down talking about how wonderful they are when they beat certain oh. four-stringers. Oh, I didn't get <laughs> the end of it. Did not hear the end of it. I was like, guys, you do realize this was this wasn't our starters, right? And it was like, oh, well, Garoppolo is going to take us to the Super Bowl next year. Didn't quite happen. No, not at all. Not at all. And, it, if, you know, just to add a point on the Garoppolo didn't exactly uh, – wasn't exactly beating the world before he got hurt either. So that team wasn't – they were eh before he got hurt. All right. So we do want to go ahead and give a shout-out to one of our sponsors, Jim Hawk, who has been with us for quite a while now. We're very thankful for – um, what he's done for us, and also what he's done to help bring awareness to the Rams community through his book, Hollywood's Team. Check it out. Most of us are practically addicted to anything in Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to learn more about the Rams history with a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawk's Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. 
The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out a son's story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Lakes Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's available both in hardback and electronic form on Amazon on Barnes & Noble. You can also find Hollywood's Team through various other booksellers on the net. Everyone, I've read this book cover to cover. So as Norm and Johnny. It's well worth every penny for all Rams fans out there. But it's also a great story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind. Again, folks, trust me. Check it out. Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's worth it. All right, so here we go. Johnny? Let's get right into it. Team stats, what you got? Ah, alrighty. Well, there's actually quite a few interesting stats in this game. Let's start off with, you know, Jared Goff, who has struggled the past three games and hasn't really had a great game since Kansas City. That seems like forever ago now, but that was really only three weeks ago. But in this game, not too bad. You know, 1924, 216 yards. Uh, one touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, you know, not too bad. You know, that's a pretty solid performance. Not, uh, not that exciting. You know, going up against Arizona, but even the first time around, what, you know, the what was the spectacular stat last time was uh, the ground game. You know, Todd Gurley had one hell of a game there, and the ground game is also the story of this game as well, and. That goes to C.J. Anderson this time. He covered Todd Gurley, obviously, had 20 carries for 167 yards, one touchdown. That's incredible stats, considering that this guy barely signed later in uh, last week. It's Monday. It's on a Monday. Yeah. Can you believe that Monday? <laughs> that's Monday, that's- Monday, Monday. Come get your running backs here on Mondays. Uh, you know, if it was that easy to get a running back, uh, you know, a lot of teams in this league really should have looked at C.J. Anderson. But their loss, our gain, <laughs> I'm happy with that. Because even like the rest of the running, um, you know, that's one of the things that Sean McVay wanted to emphasize is kind of spreading the ball a little bit more. And he did on the ground, you know, giving the ball also to John Kelly. He had 10 carries, 40 yards, nothing really spectacular. Not too bad either. Uh, he also handed the ball off to Brandon Cooks, three carries to 27 yards. Kind of a shocking stat is Gerald Everett, the tight end, had two carries for 16 yards. Didn't look that bad, honestly, on the ground, which is interesting because normally when you're thinking tight end, your first thought isn't, uh, you know, handing him the ball off. So, uh, kudos to Everett. And then, of course, they gave uh, Woods, you know, two carries for 15 yards, and he had a touchdown there as well. Goff also had a touchdown, if you want to throw that in there. Receiving-wise, Robert Woods, hell of a game again. Six receptions, 89 yards, one touchdown. Mm, Other than that, nothing really that spectacular. Josh Reynolds is the next highest uh, receiver. He had two receptions, 44 yards. Uh, But... That's mainly it for offense. Uh, looking defensively now, uh, leader in tackles was Corey Littleton. Had 
a total of nine tackles. Aaron Donald was probably the stat master today on the defensive side of the ball, had three sacks today, uh, five solo tackles. So that's interesting there. But the main stats here is that not only did he surpass the the mark for the most sacks as in a single season for a Ram player, uh, he actually surpassed Robert Quinn. He has 19 and a half sacks on the season, but he also surpassed a NFL record for most sacks in a single season by a defensive tackle. So he certainly earned his contract. There's no doubt about it there. And Donald is the best defensive tackle in this league, probably the best defender in this league. And he's making an argument for MVP candidate. And to be honest with you, Derek, I personally think he should be an MVP candidate. What are your thoughts there? On AD? Yes, sir. You know, I would say... Oh, man. It depends on how you measure MVP. I think it depends on how you look at it. I look at it, the most viable player means most viable player to your team, to the league, and it would be really hard to argue against AD in that respect. But then again, you look at uh, Phillip Rivers and Drew Brees and and Patrick Mahomes out there and what they've done with their teams to, to get them in position to compete for Super Bowl. Um, the response that's on their shoulders is hard to say. I I think that if the Rams had won at least one of the last two games, it's a cleaner argument to make. But because he got shut down in two games in a row and because they lost two games in rather ugly style, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Fair enough. We'll get into that conversation uh, maybe next week, I, I think. But uh, let's finish up the stats here. Uh, just a few more to go. Let's uh, look at it um, from the Arizona standpoint. You have Josh Rosen only passing 87 yards. That's interesting. I mean, uh, Mike Lennon came in next, you know, with 63. But the best quarterback of the day was Larry Fitzgerald. Dude had one pass for 32 yards. And a touchdown to David Johnson, perfect quarterback rating. It was a beautiful pass, I'm not going to lie. One last thing before I get into team stats. Uh, One thing I wanted to know, Derek, do you know who was the leading rusher on Arizona? Uh, I would go with Josh Rosen. Yeah, (laughs) he was the leading rusher. He had four carries for 49 yards. David Johnson had 10 carries for 35. So, uh, you know, Chosen Rosen, he he got it on the ground game, but certainly didn't do it in, in the air. Okay, team stats. Uh, one of the things that really catches your eye is, like, the total yards. Rams had 461 total yards as opposed to the Cardinals 263. Says a lot there and you know, defines really what the score was. And also time of possession. The Rams, this is exactly the kind of game the Rams need to have on a consistent basis. 37 minutes, 4 seconds, as opposed to the 22 minutes and 56 seconds that the Cardinals had. So kudos all around for the Rams 
for the most part. Obviously, not the stats don't tell all the story, but there is a lot of positives to this game. I know it's real easy to kind of think on the negative side, but there was quite a few positives in this game also. So what we normally don't get to do after the post game is is go through what the Rams will send out in terms of the post game notes. They'll send you all kinds of notes that have random stuff. And so since we're recording later on now, check this out. Other additional things that aren't evident just on the box score. The, the 2018 Rams are the only team still undefeated in their division. The last NFC team uh, to sweep their entire division with the Green Bay Packers in 2011. The last NFC West team to sweep their division with the Cardinals in 2008. And they went on to the Super Bowl. The 2018 Rams are only the seventh team in franchise history to reach 12 wins in a season. Joining the 1973, 75, 78, 99, 2001, and 2003 Rams teams. That one surprised me. As many um, as many really good football teams the Rams have put out there, to only have 12 wins seven times in franchise history, that, that one caught me off guard a little bit. The Rams uh, have surpassed for 2017 total of uh, 51 total touchdowns. The single-season franchise record for touchdowns at 67, set by the 2000 Rams. This record we should break. The Rams at 373 passed the 2001 Rams for second-most first downs in franchise history. The team record is 380 first downs set in 2000. So that 2000 team is still pretty legendary offensively. But here's a big one. Um, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Right now, it's 4,489 passing yards. It's his second most passing yards in a single season for franchise history. He trails Kurt Warner by 341 yards. So if he throws for 342 yards next week against the 49ers, Goff will be the new single season franchise record holder for uh, passing yards in a season. That was pretty interesting. The, the thing about that, too, is, you know, with this, type of offense is certainly capable of doing so uh but in recent weeks it doesn't seem like it would be possible but it is the 49ers who you know while they have had some impressive games recently uh i i think it's still possible to to you know pass that much on them if you know goff is comfortable and he's in the zone well, I don't think it'll happen, and that's because if the Rams can get a lead in that game, a good lead, they're going to sit Goff. And two, if it's close, because the 49ers defense stepped up, which would mean that would be hard as well. So I doubt it happens, but we'd like to see. Yeah, yeah, like to see it. Goff, you know. Well, I'd, I'd also like to see happen is uh, is Aaron Donald, you know, breaking Reggie White's record as well. But that would be tough also. Reggie you mean, White. You, uh, you mean Michael Strahan. You're right. Yes, you're right. I said, yeah, that would be Michael Strahan's record. Michael Reggie Strahan, White is... Uh, huh? Uh, it would be 22 and a half. That's Strahan. I yeah. remember, the, remember the the mystery sack where <laughs> where Brett Favre rolled out to the right and and Strahan was right there and, Bar- and Favre just went down. Remember that? That's right. Yeah, and and they were asking Favre if he uh, if he did it on purpose. He's like, no. Well, everybody knows he did. <laughs> That's what he did. Great football oh, stories. He did. Okay, so 
uh, you know, we, we've gone through all these numbers and some really cool things that come out of the game. But, and it, it, well, it is a better result than what we've seen recently. But this is a result, a 31-9 win, over what's probably the worst team in the NFL. And we don't want to keep all you folks who are listening just hearing a whole bunch of downer stuff. So we want to knock those out of the way first and then get to the positives. Okay? The negatives first, then the positives. And it really comes down to two real things here. Well, three. The pass rush, front seven containment, um, and the offensive line in golf. So here's a problem I have. And maybe you're seeing it in game two. Aaron Donald is really the only pass rush the Rams have right now. Consistent pass rush. Some guys show a sign here and there. I know Sue got a sack today, but that was because of Brockers and Donald collapsing the pocket and forcing Rosen to step up. And then Sue got him. Um, we aren't seeing much from the outside linebackers at all. Fowler here and there. Ebicom here and there. Ebicom really hasn't done much since the Chiefs game. Let's be honest about that. As much as, I, as, much as we all love Samson, he hasn't done much since the Chiefs game. I would yeah, have thought they would have figured this out by now. Yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. I mean, we we need to have a an established presence on the defensive line other than Aaron Donald, and the fact that we really haven't seen it is really concerning. You know, this is, you know, these are guys that we went out in free agency and got, you know, Nukdamik and Sue, who we were hoping was going to be, you know, that scary you know, defensive front that every team feared, but it really is quite the opposite. I mean, yeah, Aaron Donald is still that presence that everyone fears, and but that's it. You know, they they double up on Donald, sometimes even triple, um, and you would think that would open up guys like Michael Brockers, like Sue, like, uh, you know, Dante Fowler, even Ibukan, but... No, that really hasn't been the case here this year, which is really disappointing. They they need to play a lot better than that. It can't just be Aaron Donald here on out. It, it you know they need to be able to play more consistent, uh, especially going into the playoffs. These are offensive lines that are only going to get better from here on out. So you know th- it needs to be more than just Donald. Well, here's the real problem that I have and. It's Sue. And I know some people are going to say, well, he had a better game. He had a better game. Yeah, so he had a better game. He, he's still not doing what you need him to do. He got he got lucky with a sack. And by lucky, I mean, again, Brockers and Donald collapse the pocket, force Rosen to step up and run for it, and that's where Sue got him. But I look back to the replay of Donald's first sack. And you see Donald get in there. But when you look behind Donald and and Rosen on the ground, you'll see Sue being held up by, I believe it's the, the Cardinals center there. And really making no penetration whatsoever. This was a play that Donald made on his own. Okay? This is what it's been like all year. Help me understand. Sue, coming in this year, was one of the hot, better defensive tackles in the league. One of the best. And paid like it too. And here we are now at the almost the end of this year. And he's done very little to look up to that name. First round draft pick. We have 
Michael Brockers on the line, a first-round draft pick. You go out and you trade for Dexter Fowler, first-round draft pick. You've seen a theme here. The Rams should be, there is too much talent there for them not to be getting what they need from that front seven. And it's not just a pass rush. They have problems on the edges. They're having problems in containment. The linebackers are having problems there. They're not hitting their gaps well. Those are problems we still saw at times in this game. It's like the first step is slow. And then all of a sudden they're in trouble. Without a doubt, you know, it's, it's a little, it's a little disappointing having this so much talent on this team, but really only one guy to show for it. You know, that it has to improve if, if the Rams want to continue to develop this team. And even if it means letting go of some guys next year, you know, uh, it it was going to be a long shot to bring back Sue anyway, but based on what I've seen so far this year, there should be no indications of wanting to bring this guy back next year because I would say he's one of the most overplayed players on the team right now. But if you look at Sue and what he does, he at fourteen million overpaid. Maybe, maybe there's some kind of injury going on we don't know about. Maybe he had an off year. Maybe he would be one to come back at a lower rate and nine, eight nine million dollar rate or something like that. Then you could talk about it. But at fourteen mil. No, you're not getting a penetration for that. He's, he's, you know, he was supposed to help Aaron Donald get free. They're supposed to share the burden up front. You know, one of the, the, the lines that was said about Sue when he came over was for his entire career, he was the one who's always being double teamed. Well, he's not getting double teamed now. Brockers is getting double, not Brockers, sorry. Donald's getting double and triple teamed. And Sue still can't get the quarterback. What the crap? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't really understand quite why uh, why that is, but uh, yeah, Sue Sue needs to to be more of a presence, or else uh, it's just going to continue to be the Aaron Donald show. It can't be though. You're not going to beat the Bears like that. You're not going to beat the Saints like that. You're not going to beat the Seahawks like that. You're going to beat any of these teams that coming to the playoffs now. Like that. You need more. You just need more. Yeah, again, it's not just we're talking about the defensive problems, the fronts, and there were coverage problems today too. Don't 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 let's forget about that, but not like the front seven. They're still not hitting their gaps. And here's something to think about too, I want to ask you about is you know, Norm mentioned this on our show this week, that he didn't think right now that Corey Littleton it should be brought should be paid linebacker money to come back next year you probably have to let him go. But he also said that he's better suited probably for safety. So I spent time watching more film tonight on Littleton, and especially that pass breakup. You know, I'm like, Norm, Norm, Norm's might be on something, and Littleton used to be a safety. Maybe with Joyner probably leaving, I don't see the Rams paying Joyner franchise money again and bring him back. Maybe an option is to move Littleton out back to safety and go out there and draft a linebacker. What do you think? It, it's certainly a, an interesting idea. I wouldn't necessarily mind it. But at the same time, if you take Littleton away from the equation, I, I'm basically looking at you know four linebacker spots potentially to replace. And not just you know for depth, but for, 
for starting because to be honest with you i look at this this uh the starting you know players and I, i'm thinking who do i bring back you know mark Barron. i i would let walk at this point he is not the same player he was you know the past two seasons i i don't know what happened there i just don't think he ever really fully recovered and came back to the old mark Barron. and you know that happens at times and then after that, you know, Ibukam, I think he has talent, but uh, maybe not starting caliber talent. I, I, I would seriously consider trying, you know, to uh, keep him uh, as a situational player. I think Samson has all the physical tools, I think, right now. He's still working on the mental aspects of the game. You've, I mean, you saw the physical tools in play in the Kansas City game. I oh, think he's still just growing as a football player in the NFL. And so I wouldn't give up on him just yet. But it would be nice to have some more veteran support there for him. So, yeah, then you look at it and you, you take Littleton out of the equation. Who else do you really have? You would have a huge void going into this offseason. And keep in mind that, yeah, there will be some money available but do you have enough money to potentially fill in that many players at linebacker only? And there are other concerns on this team, obviously. You know, depth is a concern in a lot of positions. And I, I'm not confident that we can really afford to move Littleton or at least, you know, let him walk. Um, that's kind of how I'm looking at the situation at the moment. Well, I'm, but yes, but is he? how much do you pay him? For one year of up and down football, well, his ups have been great, his downs have not been so great, and I also look at this this way: we don't know what we have in Okoronkwo because he's been out all year. We don't know what we have in, in Michael Kaiser. We saw some really good signs in Michael Kaiser during preseason, and I get the sense that the Rams have spent this year kind of grooming Kaiser, developing him through special teams, much like the, the Rams used to do in the seventies with Cromwell and so on and so forth, but. We don't really know. Maybe there's a reason why Kaiser hasn't really seen the field in terms of defense. Maybe uh, the Rams have seen Okoronko in action and decide that, you know what, maybe he's not the fit they thought he was. We don't know because we haven't seen it in action. We just haven't seen it. So there's a lot of question marks. The Rams do have some picks, though. They'll get at least two compensatory picks, which are probably third-rounders in the draft. There is close to $40 million in salary cap space right now, and that does not include cuts. So there, there's room to, to retool some of these gaps on the defense, but it's it's got to be very well orchestrated for the Rams to be successful next year. Agreed there. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. I, I do look at it and go, well, we, I guess this will be a question for the other podcast is, now looking back hindsight between 2020, how do you grade Les Snead's offseason from last year? Because some of these moves have worked and some of these moves haven't worked. How do you grade it? And how and, and how do you do you mark it down and give benefit of the doubt when it comes to players who on film look great for you and then just came in and didn't work out? Is that really a bust or is that just one of those things where it didn't work? How do you grade that? So I think that's going to be a good conversation to have come – post-playoff time is how do you grade 
the offseason of last year for Mr. Snead. It'll be interesting. I do look forward to that podcast, but uh, um, one of the things I wanted to get your opinion on, Derek, was the offensive line. I know we've seen them really struggle the past few weeks. How do you think they look this time around? I thought they were better against the run, which we'll get to later. I think we did see some slight improvement towards uh, and pass blocking, but we're still seeing, especially up the gut with John Sullivan, you know, he's showing his age now. It's just the reality he's showing his age. And they're still having a hard time on edges. And so now you have Goff still throw off his back foot, not exactly comfortable, more comfortable than he was, but you still see evidence of it. There was a pass he attempted down at the goal line where he – didn't feel comfortable enough to stay where he was in the pocket. Threw off his back foot. It should have been a touchdown, but he threw it short of the receiver. Rams wind up kicking a field goal. You know, that offensive line is the heart of the Rams offense. And if it's not kicking in the passing game, it's it's going to show. And so you saw it, how well they did in the run blocking. They did great today. But pass blocking, it's still a struggle. And I don't know that the Rams can fix it this year. No, absolutely not. They can't fix it this year. But uh, it, it is something that they will have to address at some point in the offseason, which is just another chore because behind behind these starters, there's really not a whole lot else. I mean, you have your two rookies, which, you know, you hope for the best, of course, but not a whole lot of experience. And then behind them is not much that's where the real concern is, especially if let's hope this doesn't happen, but uh, especially if there's an injury that happens to the offensive line, uh, I think especially if it's a key injury on that offensive line, it, it it would hurt, you know, more and probably cost the chance for the Rams to advance in the playoffs or even reach the Super Bowl. Yeah, pretty much. I, you know, it, I, it kind of bugs me, though, that with all these little flaws we've seen at the Rams this year, that we didn't see them improve in those areas. What, what happened was the offense basically covered for those little imperfections. And then when teams started being able to game plan for the offense, the Rams were in trouble for a couple of weeks. And who knows how they'll adjust from here. But I, I look at it and wish, you know, I wish the Rams had. We, I wish we would see more progression in some of the areas of the team that had issues than what we saw. I just wish so. So I wish that would have been the case. Touching a little bit more on, on you mentioned Goff throwing off his back foot a little bit. Mm-hmm. I um, That was something that concerned me a lot because, you know, if it happens, you know, once or twice in a game, you can almost forgive it, you know, especially if it if it was a situation that it didn't necessarily matter. But we're starting to see this happen a little too often with Jared Goff. And in recent weeks, one of the reasons why the Rams have lost is because of, you know, these kind of poor decisions and throwing off your back foot. Uh, it's one of the reasons why the the Bears were able to get that pick six on on him, you know, so close to the end zone, is because he threw off his back foot. 
And, you know, he was doing the same thing uh, in this game. Uh, one, one particular instance I, I recalled was uh, when he was trying to pass on a, on a slant, or I mean on a screen, rather. He, uh, he threw off his back foot, and luckily, you know, that didn't, you know, ended up as an incomplete pass. But that could have easily been a pick, and I think at a better team, this could have been a pick six. And then we're talking about a very different game. Uh, are, are were you seeing the same thing that I was seeing? Am I overreacting? What do you think? No, I don't think you're overreacting. I think what it really comes down to is you know, quarterbacks in a lot of ways are delicate. Okay, they they need to be confident in the pocket to plant and throw, and if they're not comfortable. They're going to get antsy back there. They, it's just the nature of the game, and especially when you're younger, especially when you're a younger quarterback. And the, that team went through that offensive line was get, got shelled those two weeks. Actually, three. They got shelled. That offensive line got shelled in the Detroit game too. Let's be honest about that. So I look at that and go, when he's when you when you hit a quarterback, especially a young quarterback, they, they are going to get antsy back there. And the, they still got too much pressure on Goff today. They still did. So you have to do things to help get Goff comfortable in the pocket. To me, if Goff is comfortable in the pocket, he's one of the best in the league. When he's not comfortable in the pocket, he becomes a young quarterback again who needs to continue to grow in terms of poise. That takes time. So... I just look at that. You have to do what you can to put Goff in a position to be successful. That's all it is. See, that answer was so outstanding that I knocked you into silence. I can't believe it. I just you, uh, no, that, that's uh, that's never <laughs> happened. And I, I refuse. I refuse for you to take credit for that one. <laughs> like <laughs> this, this quiet, awkward on the podcast and he's gone well, well you know I'm trying to do my best michael myers impression but you you totally screwed it up so thank you derek you know it's not halloween. just want it it's not halloween it's christmas so you gotta go out there and get krampus uh that was such an awful movie it was an awful movie but you know it was on amazon prime so for free with tech you know okay one more thing we didn't like today pharaoh cooper in red a year ago, he's an all-pro, and now he's released. Sorry to see him go. Had no impact whatsoever on the game. What, returned a couple kicks and didn't get much? Uh, obviously, the Rams came out with a completely different game plan than what they have used previous, previously, so it wasn't like he was sharing trade secrets over there. Any thoughts on seeing Farrow and Red? It looked weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's all really you got. Weird. Like it looked weird. Like, well, it what? was really weird. I mean, there was nothing really else to speak of it because, yeah, he he had a like I think two or three opportunities, if I'm not mistaken. And I, I remember distinctly one time he went backwards. So I'm like, uh, it's not. It's not like we're really missing him too much. Um, you know, it's it's hard to say that just because we've seen what he's capable of but we haven't seen that recently and uh that's basically why he was cut and 
didn't look like he was doing much for, for Arizona. So let's see what he does, you know, with the remaining schedule Arizona has. Yeah, I wonder how much the injury really messed him up physically. I think I think the Rams knew, and that's why they had to cut him. I'm sure they didn't want to have to cut him, but he's, he doesn't play much of a role in the offense. He has been limited in return game. Blake Countess was... Uh, he's been pretty solid back there when he does fill in. So uh, I can I can understand now, even though I don't like it, why they had to let Farrell go. All right. So we just went through all the negatives. You're still with us, right? I hope you are. Because we have a lot of pause to talk about. But before we do, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Golden Ram Barbershop. If you're looking to support one of your own in the Orange County area and like the old school barbershop experience, check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California, 92683. Sal Martinez opened up his shop as a shrine to the Rams on the day the Rams left for St. Louis, and he kept the light on. It's been on ever since. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or 7267. Use the promo code Talk so he knows we sent you and get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Gold Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time, give Sal a call, 714-894-7267. If it's to his shop, it's worth it. It's like a museum to the Rams. It's like a Hall of Fame to the Rams. He also provides his old-school barbershop experience, talking Rams football and more. Trust me, folks, you won't regret it. Sal even managed to make me, my head, Norm's funky looking head, and Johnny. Well, he made Johnny magical. Let's just leave it at that. He made Johnny magical. All right. Positives. Norm and I were were kind of looking at the signing and going, all right, all right. But Johnny on CJ Anderson, 20 carries. 167 yards. It's over eight yards a carry. What the crap, man? What? Where'd this come from? Well, before I answer that, I was always magical before Sal. He just made me more magical. Okay, enough with that. Like a um, freaking unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a magical Johnny Corn, okay? <laughs> okay. Uh, CJ Anderson, though, he is interesting because this guy he had a decent career um i would say overall had one hell of a couple years for uh denver and then he you know now he's in the latter half of his career getting released early by by the panthers which i guess is fine because you know they have christian mccaffrey who basically never takes a down off and then he just gets cut, is a free agent, Ram swoops in, grabs him, and now he looks like a guy that can start every day in the NFL. It blows but my mind, before... dude. He was, yeah, out for, yeah, he was on the free agent market for a month, over a month. How does it even happen? Just... He, he doesn't even have a full week with the Rams, and he's getting 20 carries. What front office in the NFL need a running back and just let him slide? I'll give you one. How about Pittsburgh? <laughs> Pittsburgh well, could have used him hardcore today. Unbelievable. You know, they, there was a guy in Pittsburgh, uh, that Bell feller. Um, you know, yeah, I, I wonder whatever happened to that guy. 
you know, I, hopefully he's staying out of trouble, you know, not breaking any laws or anything, but I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm referring to his, his suspensions <laughs> folks. Um, but re- really, I don't understand how a guy who can contribute can come in and contribute how he sneaks past several front offices, but I guess it doesn't matter because the Rams got him and he didn't sneak past the Rams when there was a need they went and got him and he contributed right away. And I like him not just as a short term. If a guy can take a bruising like that, that's what the Rams have need. The Rams have needed somebody who can deliver true blows to a defensive line to help keep Gurley from getting beat up on the field. They've really needed that thunder and lightning kind of thing. And so I hope the Rams, I hope he works out. I hope the Rams can can keep him in the future, not just for a couple games to make up for somebody being hurt. He's only 27. He doesn't have all that much mileage on his tires. He really doesn't. But if you can sign him to a, a, a reasonable contract as a backup, man, I hope they can do something like that. I'm sure that's not what he wants. I'm sure he wants to be a star somewhere. But imagine what the Rams could do. I think that was the original intention when they when they drafted uh, Gurley to begin with. When Trey Mason was there, they wanted to have a one-two punch. And I think I really could see something like that with C.J. Anderson in the future if the Rams choose to go that route. And I'm not saying that just because after one game. This guy is a career, folks. Go look at, go look him up. Go look at his numbers. He's been successful in other places. I think the Rams, what they try and do, what they want to do, would be a really good option for him long-term. Again, he's only 27. He's only 27. You- you used up your your uh, staying out of trouble joke on Bell and then brought up Trey Mason. How does that work? Hey, you know, uh, Mason <laughs> lost his mind, wound up playing for the for the Rough Riders. What can I say? The Rough Riders as in Saskatchewan in the CFL. Uh, I mean, I, what, what do you say about that? I wonder how many of our listeners knew that. If you I, knew... I, I if you knew, folks, that Mason was Trey Mason's playing for the Rough Riders this past year in the CFL, send us an email and say, yes, I knew. We'd love to know how many of you actually do that. We're at RamsTalk1945 at gmail.com. Are you still with me? Yeah. <laughs> and, folks, I'm, I'm, I'm asking him if he's still with me because, seriously, we've had a rough night technically, so I want to make sure he's still here. <laughs> okay but uh all seriousness aside or well actually let me wow it's been that kind of night all joking aside not seriousness um it's called all joking english, aside dude. english <sighs> i'm trying man i'm trying i'm trying it's so Folks, it's, it's a bit late tonight we're both a little punch drunk it's almost christmas eve <laughs> bear with us run blocking man let's go to run blocking okay that was a great pause okay. to say how'd you feel the way the offensive line did did handle their business you know, uh, they they opened up some you know a lot of a lot of holes for sure, but at the same time, I I was really impressed with C.J. Anderson's uh, really his vision because you know as much as run blocking as they did, there was a few plays where he kind of created on his own. Sometimes he ran over players, so a lot of that is credited to Anderson too, and one of the reasons why he was so impressive. But I, I do give props to this offensive line because this was. The best bit of run blocking we've seen in quite some time. I'm sure Gurley was watching this was like, why Why don't you do that for me, guys? What's up? 
Well, you make a good point there. Let me. I just saw the stat. Hold on one second. I'll get it for you. Um, Lindsay Theory from ESPN had this out there. Really interesting stat. 105 of C.J. Anderson's 167 rushing yards came after contact. It's more than Todd Gurley's ever gained in a game, and the most by a Rams rusher in the last 100. Uh, sorry, last 10 seasons per ESPN stats info. Um, that was Lindsay Theory. Um, wow. What that really means? Well, to me, has two things. A, the the offensive line did a good job opening that initial hole for him to get through. And we saw that all night, right? We saw them opening serious holes for him. We saw really intense, deep driving blocking. But then just the intensity he brought to the game to where he was running through dudes. He was running over dudes. He was eating dudes for crying out loud. It seemed like out there. 105 of his 167 were after contact. That's bananas. That's just bananas. After he ran contact. with the chip on his shoulder, man. And... Yeah, absolutely. I, I, it looked like he was hungry. It looked like he was out there, you know, having a good time. And not just him for that matter, but the entire offense looked like they were having a good time out there. And that's something that we haven't seen since Kansas City. Uh, so that that's another thing that I'd like to point out there. Uh, it was really exciting seeing this team again because they were having fun. And I, I can't stress that enough. I really can't. Well, I think what was really impressive, a couple of things, and we had, we had numerous points here written down, but a couple of things. The tight ends are more involved. Overall, the team's more well-rounded. The uh, Goff only has 216 yards passing, but their good passes are efficient. The, the way this offense played today, they took joy in bleeding the life out of the Cardinals. They were efficient. The play calling was outstanding. As much as we pick on Sean McVay, sometimes about getting too pass happy, we saw him commit to the run. We saw him blast the Cardinals, and we saw this Rams offense respond by punishing that defensive front for the Cardinals, punishing them. And that's the stuff we saw earlier in the year, back when the Rams were averaging 150 yards a game rushing. That was way early. Remember this, Johnny? It got down to 120. At one point, remember this? Wow! And, and what were they tonight? Yeah. Was it what was our again, what was the running yards again? At team running yards, it was um, two hundred and sixty nine. Two hundred and sixty nine. Two hundred and sixty nine. And just to kind of add to that, there was only twenty four passing attempts. You know, the entire night, as opposed to forty one rushing attempts. Let that sink in for a while. Average yards for play, 6.9. Uh, I just, I'm just looking at this and going, this was just so much better than what we've seen in terms of the offense the last few weeks. Hey, third down efficiency, 66% for the Rams on third down tonight. They Could have used some of the efficiency the yeah. past two weeks. Yeah, that they, they they were efficient. They were well run. They would play call was outstanding. The offense deserves credit for that. I, I know the asterisk is, hey, this was the Cardinals are not very good. That defensive front four caused some problems, 
and they deserve some crap for that. But the Rams just went out there and just imposed their will, and that's what we liked about this team early in the year was they were imposing their will on defenses, and now we saw them do it again. And so I, I do have to ask you something, Derek. Uh, one of the things that caught my eye, though, was um, not just seeing, you know, C.J. Anderson out there, but what was your take on 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 Kelly? Ten you know, carries, one forty of, yards. I mean, talking about him just doing his job. Well, because here's the thing: because me and me and Steve are really high on, on on John Kelly, and one of the things that um, I didn't really like is when Gurley was kind of out of the game um, last week against the Eagles. It, it almost seemed like. Uh, McVeigh was a little hesitant to use John Kelly, and I get it. He's a rookie. He's not. He doesn't have the in-game experience, so it it might be a little daunting to use a guy with so little experience. But this is a guy that you know, um, not just me and Steve, but a lot of people are high on. Why not use him? In this case, it made sense because I mean, hey, C.J. Anderson had one hell of a game, so. Yeah, you you don't give the other guy the ball, but from what little you've seen, is there maybe a reason why Sean McVay refused to kind of give the ball over to John Kelly? I would say blocking. The reason why the Rams were hesitant to really put much time in the John Kelly is pass blocking. Remember, that's what Malcolm... The big thing about Malcolm Brown getting hurt wasn't that he was just a running back backup for Todd Gurley. It was his value on special teams, but also in pass blocking. And John Kelly has yet to prove himself in that area for the team yet. Same for Justin Davis. That's in... Outside of Anderson's early mistakes, which... If you notice, after that second drive, we didn't see one more problem with Anderson and pass blocking tonight. Okay. After that second drive, it was smooth sailing. I don't know you see that with John Kelly. That's the rule to me is the issue is the Rams offense requires running backs to do both. It requires running backs to pass block and it requires running backs to be good running backs. Guys who will make plays up the tap, up the you know, up the gut, off tackle, out of the backfield, and if you're missing one aspect of that, then you are not going to play. At least it's not not very much. I think that's what you've seen. John Kelly, if he's a to me, I believe John Kelly can be a feature back in the NFL. I'm dead serious on that. I really believe that. However, right now in his development as a running back, I don't know that he can be in an offense where running backs are expected to pass block a lot. We haven't seen it. Fair enough there. I just, you know, just look at how reasoning. Do you think the Rams go out there and sign C.J. Anderson if Kelly has all the blocking schemes down and and is doing them well? Oh, absolutely not. And and I I get that – the, the blocking is, is a bit of a concern. But 
it still seems like McVeigh was holding a little bit back on, on Kelly as well. Uh, again, not referring to this game because it, it would be dumb to go away from using uh, C.J. Anderson at this point. You know, twenty. You know, with the twenty carries and one hundred sixty-seven yards. Yeah, I, I wouldn't give Kelly the ball either. But in previous games, it would have been nice to see Kelly out there a little bit more. Maybe, maybe you don't trust him enough to to block. But at least if you know you're handing him off the ball, you, you got to give him that in-game experience because, like like you said, you know this is a guy we can both see becoming a feature back in this league, and I, I I'm inclined to believe that as well. I think he's that talented. And I think on a team that could use a running back, they would love to have a guy like John Kelly. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, he gets, you know, more into blocking because it'd be a shame to not be able to use a, a guy with this much talent. It would be, but we'll see. It's all about development and who knows how these guys are going to develop, are going to develop development, bad English. Okay, folks, it is time for us to go. We are at our point. If you would like to sponsor us, reach out to us, please, at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We would love to have you on board. We are looking for new advertisers to help us um, stay alive, stay active, and keep the lights on here. And, of course, we would love to partner with you to help bring business to you. Again, it's ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Rams Talk, sorry, at Talk Rams, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. You can find me, Derek C. Apollo, on Twitter at DC Apollo. Johnny Gomez at Johnny Five Not Six. Don't forget us, please, on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those places, iHeartRadio. Also, iBeatRadio.com. We they air our shows Monday, sorry, not sorry, Wednesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time, and Saturday and Sunday, same time. Okay. For Johnny Gomez. This is Derek C. Apollo. Take it easy. Rams win. It's now. Guess what it is. What week is it, John? What week is it? Week 17. Which is 49ers week. Here we go. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva paper towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, 
a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.